Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. And turn in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2. Find the 12th verse as notes are being passed out. All right, are we ready, ushers? Very good. I, I, let, me, let me say this before we read. You'll notice I'm, I've been doing some things that are a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ensure that notes are not being passed out while I'm reading the word. It's not the time to go to the bathroom when you're reading the Word. It's not the time to talk or, you know, put an update on your, you know, social media. There's something about when you read the Word. That's why we stand in honor of it. And I just felt like, ah, we might have gotten a little slack there. Uh, Same thing with it's time for salvation. Uh, It's not time to get up and, oh, we got to hurry up and go. You should go before that. And um, when it's time for Sabbath, we're giving a, an opportunity for people to get saved. It's not time to move around because it's just distracting for people. So that's all I'm trying to do. Notes are passed out. Ushers, give me a, a high five or something. All right. Amen. Praise God. Joel 2. I don't want to get too religious, but at the same time, I want to create honor. Does that make sense? I don't want to get religious at all, but I, but I want to create honor. All right. Joel 2, verse 12. If you're all there, say woohoo. New International Version. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children and those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? Let's pray. Father, thank you for gathering this hundreds of people tonight and those online. Thank you for this first day of the year 2023 of our Lord. And as we position ourselves tonight to hear the word of the Lord, I pray that you would speak to every single heart. I pray that every man, woman, and child be brought low and you be glorified, you be magnified. That the effects of this service would be far-reaching, even to eternity. Oh God, move in power. Have your way. Would you lay your hand on your own heart and pray for yourself to, to hear and respond? Give us ears to hear, hearts to respond. Oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. 
why don't you turn to three people, high five them and say, you're never going to be the same after tonight. Come on, never going to be the, never going to be the same. Every year we have an annual 21 day fast. We begin that tomorrow. And fasting and prayer is key for why we've been able to do what we've done or do what the Lord's done through us here at King's. Some over 600 extensions. I've, I believe that Maui has just crossed over 700 life groups in Maui alone. 700. Our goal is 100. 700. Wow. Life groups, small groups where people meet in homes or cafes to spend time for about an hour and a half or so praying for each other, developing relationships, learning the word. Life groups are a key to this church too. And I think back about when I first heard about fasting, I, don't, I wasn't saved back then. And I, I didn't hear it in relation to Christianity. I heard it in relation to, you know, colon health. And it was more of a new age thing, and people were doing all these colonics and stuff, which I never did, thank God. I'm just saying I didn't know what fasting was until I came to King's, and when I came to King's, I started hearing about fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer always go together. Fasting and prayer is like bringing the atom bomb of heaven on whatever problem and challenge you have, sickness, infirmity, disease. And so every year, we do a 21-day fast. Dr. Bob Rogers texted me in the middle of the service. How many of you know who that is? He texted me from Kentucky. And he sent his love and wished Happy New Year. And he said, we've begun our fast. Bob Rogers is one who taught me along with Dr. Morocco and so many others, but he was key in teaching me about fasting and prayer. And we'll have him back up here again. And whenever a yoke, right in your notes, was put on people, the people of God, Invariably, it was broken off when they prayed and fasted, when they fasted and prayed. You know what I mean by a yoke? A yoke is a farming implement used to put on a beast of burden to pull a plow or to pull a cart, a yoke. The enemy wants to put things on you that weighs you down, that burdens you unnecessarily, that causes perhaps sickness or disease or weariness or tiredness. I think actually for me, a yoke broke off of me this morning. I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to to know sometimes when, you're, when you have a yoke on you that the Lord doesn't want you to have. Now Jesus said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So we know that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. But I've been in the yoke of the Lord. It hasn't always felt easy. I remember years ago coming into Dr. Morocco's office. I, I was over the young adults. I was pastoring and leading the church in Paia. I was pastoring and leading the church in Kula. I was over 1,700 people, 1,700, 1,700 people in upcountry area of Maui. They were my responsibility. 1,700 people, me and Pastor Karen. And I remember getting one more responsibility was being assigned to me, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I remember coming in to the staff meeting, and I started weeping. Were you there? <laughs> Pastor Kirsten was there. We were younger men. We're still young. We walked into that staff meeting, and I said, Dr. Morocco? I started crying. He's like, 
Daniel? I said, if his burden is easy and his yoke is light, what's this? <laughs> and I'll never forget Pastor Colleen saying, Jimmy, Jimmy, he needs prayer, Jimmy. And he said, oh, let's pray for Daniel. And I came over and I laid hands on him. And uh, after that, I went in his office and he encouraged me and I left with more work. Amen. And God in his infinite mercy helped me. But there are times when you can have a yoke on you. And I, honestly, what I feel, I feel such a liberty in the Holy Ghost. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but it shifted for me this morning when he said you would have been dead, but people prayed for you. And somebody just like shattered. There's a yoke you can have on your life that you didn't even know you have. Some of you know you have one. You want to get rid of it. I'm not talking about that. Amen. Get rid of that. But some of you can be under something that's not of God. Can you hear me on this side? You can be under something you didn't even know you're under it. I've had things happen where all of a sudden there's breakthrough and I can breathe and I feel this release and I'm like, geez, I didn't know that was so heavy on me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You'll notice the Old Testament, whenever there was a, a conqueror came and an enemy, the enemy prospered and put the people of God in bondage, they would fast and pray and see breakthrough. Here's some examples. Hezekiah and the king of Assyria. Hezekiah tears his clothes, goes to the temple. It's a picture of repentance. It's a picture of, of, of turning to God. Tears his clothes. The text says, tear your heart, not your garment. We'll talk about that in a minute. But how many of you know what happened? One angel wiped out 185,000 troops. One angel. Not a big band of angels. Not an army of angels. Just one. Just one angel wiped out 185,000 troops in one night. Hezekiah. Why? Because he, he, he prayed. He, he fasted. Even Manasseh would do things that were clearly wrong. But when he prayed and he fasted, God heard him. I think about Ahab, what a wicked dirtbag. Him and his wife, what a Jezebel. That was her name, actually, Jezebel. <laughs> they did more to pervert Israel and turn them toward bear worship, Baal worship than anyone else. And yet when he was pronounced, his judgment's pronounced on him, what he does is he prays and he fasts, and God says you know something, I'm going to have mercy on you. The judgment will come not in your lifetime. Even for Ahab. I mean, if God could touch an Ahab, he could touch you. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, he, he's going to help you. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're not as bad as Ahab or Jezebel. He's going to help you. <laughs> oh, our nation is under an epidemic. An epidemic of opioids and an epidemic of fatherlessness. We have many epidemics. What will change that? A friend of mine said this recently. I, I read it. Find out what is the number one problem in your region as a church. Solve it, and I'll give you the whole city. So, Mayor Edna, I'd love to know what the number one thing is in your eyes. I've got some ideas, but whatever it is, let us know. We'll solve it. Amen. No, that, that's just faith. That's just confident assurance. There's nothing that God can't do for you. There's not one thing that God can't do. He can, God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. He can turn it around. Come on, say it. He can what? He can turn it around. But what precipitates the turnaround? 
Now, many times I'll, I'll, I'll bring you to the book of Daniel, and, and perhaps during this 21 days we'll do that, and we'll look at Daniel chapter 10. He fasted and prayed for 21 days. That's where 21 days comes from. There's three-day fasts. There's absolute fast. I've never done that. Maybe you have absolute. That's where you, you don't drink water. You don't eat anything. I don't, I'm not even sure you breathe. We know some people that do that. Part of our staff. They just give themselves to it. It's amazing. I didn't grow up in a culture where we did absolute fast. I've never done one. 40-day fast, 7-day fast, 3-day fast, 7-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast. There's all kinds of fasts. There's fasting half-day fast, three-quarter-day fast. Whenever a problem comes into your life, it's an opportunity to check yourself. I said, it's an opportunity to check yourself. Not long ago, I saw somebody run into a real problem. And man, they just wanted to point the finger at everybody. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, oh, they don't really know me. I've been judged. <laughs> Shut up. I don't deserve that. That's true. You deserve death. Whenever problems have taken, whenever, whenever they come, whenever you're facing, a, when you have a yoke, you begin to see things. God begins to reveal to you that you're being hindered. Like the Apostle Paul, what did he do? He prayed and he had a vision and God showed him, you're not going that way, son, you're going this way. I'm going to put together your apostolic team, I'm going to release resources, and you're going to plant the church of Philippi. Whenever you run into obstacles and problems, there are opportunities to check ourselves. To seek the Lord. We've done this for years, and it's been because we've been taught by, by the best, by Dr. Morocco and our, our staff, Pastor Karen and I. We've run into difficulties. I'm, I'm looking at everything, repenting for not putting my seatbelt on sooner. No, really. And, and just, start, just start really honing in and getting hungry and thirsty for God. Fasting is restricting yourself from food or drink so that you could pray. Fasting brings your heart, says Mike Bickle, before the burning bush of God's presence. I love that. See, because if your heart comes before the burning bush of God's presence, things are going to change. Isaiah, whoa, 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 for all those chapters till it comes to the call of Isaiah. And God's power and glory comes into the temple, and then instead of saying woe to everybody else, he says, woe's me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And, in, and if you're honest, you realize that all of us are a people that need to draw closer to God. And if this is not a time for that, I don't know when it is. Look at the context of this text because it shows really that the judgment's coming. Context, you read, you read Scripture and you see what's before it, what's after, what's happening actually in this text. When you read it, Joel, the prophet Joel, locusts are on the way. There's a John the Baptist fast, apparently. Uh, locusts and honey. You want to get the locusts from, you can get them on Amazon from the Middle East, and it's a rather extreme fast. You make sure when you check with your doctor before you do that. Make sure they're not the kind of locusts that are for snakes and stuff like that. They're, you know, for your consumption. 
Locusts are on the way, and when locusts come, they eat everything in sight. And, and God's saying, now, I want you to repent. There's judgment coming, and you need to repent. This is the context. When those locusts would come upon Israel, it would come upon a land. They wouldn't leave anything green. And everything that you worked for and all of your crops would be gone in a moment. And if you lost all your, it's like your bank accounts being completely cleaned. Gone. Like it happened in different nations. We stand on the precipice of a tremendous world war. Listen, we need to pray, people. We need to, we need to fast. We need to pray. We have a tendency to get a little smug you got a little bit of money in the bank, maybe, and you got your new car, or, you know, things are going pretty well. I remember Prophet Jim LaFoon talking to his 80, 90-year-old mother in the midst of COVID, saying to his 90-year-old mother, who had lived through all those world wars, lived through, I mean, all kinds of challenges and the scarlet fever and real plagues. The real ones. Real ones. Not, 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 not COVID-19. I'm not saying COVID-19 wasn't real. It was real. But it was nothing like wiping out large portions of the population. We all thought it was going to be that way. That's not the way it was. Glory to God. And I'm not demeaning the loss of loved ones. We all have loved ones that passed. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it was nothing like what they went through. The Great Depression. The Dust Bowl. You lose everything and you have nothing. And he's talking to his mother who's experienced all of that. And she says, it's really, he says to her, Mom, it's really hard right now. And she says, Son, it's not really all that hard. And he's like, uh, right. The description of true prayer is given and... Uh, and true fasting really is seen also. See, true, true fasting doesn't really have much to do with food. You can read Isaiah 58. It gives an example of what real fasting is. Real fasting. See, some of you are going to be a mean cuss. You're going to sin like crazy and restrict yourself from food. Dude, just eat. No, seriously. Just keep gorging yourself and keep being a jerk because no matter what kind of food you restrict, you, you might lose weight, but you still did, you didn't do anything because your attitude still stinks. Rending your heart, it's this, verse 13. This is a, a description of true prayer and fasting. Rend your heart, not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, he relents from sending calamity. It's about having an attitude change. Turn to James chapter 4, James 4. It's about having an attitude change. We all need to do adjust our attitude. You guys are hard to preach to. I'm going over here. All you perfect ones in the center here. <laughs> James 4. We need to adjust our attitudes. That's what he's saying. Rend your heart. It's the issue of your heart. It's not about you can rip your clothes and, and, and push yourself away from, restrict yourself from food, push yourself away from the table and still have no attitude change. You need to change your attitude, your stinking thinking. James 4, verse 8, come near to me. 
Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. There has to come a brokenness for sin. There has to come an awareness that, man, all that's taking place in this world is because of sin. Oh, God. And then you take a look at your own life and you look at your family and you see the divorce and you see the, the heartbrokenness and you see, you see children that are wayward and families that are, the relationships that are estranged. And you look and realize that it's sin is the thing that destroys lives. And then instead of pointing the finger, realize when you point the finger at somebody, there's five pointing back at you. Just kidding. Three. I've mentioned it before, I think it's called the anguish or the baptism of anguish. Um, Who's the guy that started um, Teen Challenge? David Wilkerson. He's gone to be with the Lord. He's a prophet to America and beyond. He preached a message called anguish or baptism of anguish. Oh, I dare you. I dare you. Go listen to it. Some of you will have to turn it off. You won't be able to handle it. Just get too hot. It'll get too hot listening to that thing. I find myself, and I've listened to that. I think I'm going to go listen to it again. It's been a while. I'm going to go listen to that, and I find myself weeping. Weeping for the horrible attitude I have towards my wife at times. Weeping towards things where my attitude's not right. True fasting has everything to do with changing your attitude. Changing your attitude. Secondly, our thinking. Our thinking's got to change. you got to think differently. I had somebody say to me this morning in prayer, and you might be here, I'm, I'm not, I won't point you out, but they said, I need God to help me with my thinking. I said, that's your job. Oh, he will help you, but you have to change your thinking. You have to take hold of your thoughts and change them. What sort of things are pure, holy, noble, admirable, praiseworthy? Think on these things. See, so you have to control your, your, your thoughts. You're a spirit with a, with, a, with a mind, with a body, not a body with a spirit. I've said it before. You're a spirit with a, a body, not a... You're a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. So when you begin to think things that are out of accord, what do you do to fix that? You just sit there and wait till the wind blows in another direction? No. I do etch your sketch sometimes. How many of you know what at your sketch is? Okay, very good. How many of you know what a fax machine is? Very good. How many of you know what rotary dial telephones are? Okay. <laughs> How many of you remember when the TV used to be turned off? I, don't, I mean like off, like it didn't broadcast anymore. Dude, it's over. At your sketch, there's times where I'll have thoughts and I just go, no, and I get a hold of that and I have to, have to take it and, and cast it down. Some of you don't learn that. Some of you like, I need God to help my, change my thinking. He'll help you, but you're the one that changes your thinking. You've got to renew your mind through the word. Our thinking's got to change. Come on, somebody say, my thinking's got to change. Thinking's got to change. There's moments when I'm praying and fasting that revelation comes where God begins to speak to me about how my thoughts are not right, or my perception's not right about something. 
over and over and over, over the, through the years, God will do that. He's going to do it for me again, and he wants to do it for you. As a man thinks, so he is. You want to have a different life in 2023? Think differently. Don't think the same way. Think differently. Force yourself to think differently. Instead of saying, I can, saying, I, say, I can. I have had a blockage with writing books. I have many books in me, and I've written portions of them. I can't seem to get them out. There's something in my thinking, I'm going to believe that God helps me tear that thing down. And I've said that at other times. And then I'd have breakthrough and it'd sort of come back on me. And thinking, I remember years ago, thinking, I, I, I understood the dynamic of my family growing up. So I thought. And then somewhere in my 40s, the Lord showed me something and I understood way differently. I would have bet the farm in previous years about how my family was and the truth about my family and what happened and why it happened and so on and so forth. Then in my 40s, in a moment during fasting, God speaks to me and I realize, oh, thank God I didn't bet the farm because I was totally wrong about an aspect of that. And you can pray and fast and see your mind change, see your thoughts change. Moments of revelation Second thing I see defining prayer and fasting is verse 13. Return to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and compassionate. Return to the Lord. He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Have a, have, a, have a new focus on God. We've shared these things with you before over the years, but it's a fresh word to help you crucify your flesh tonight at midnight. You say, well, I'm not fasting. Well, you might want to participate. Because when there's corporate fasting, let me say, when it's corporate, it's easier. There comes, there, consecrate the assembly. That's what I'm about to do. I'm about to pray, and we're going to ask for God's grace at the end, by the end of the service, and there'll come a grace on us to fast and pray. Why? Because it's time, and God wants us to, and we're calling it. He's led us that way for 41 years. Have a new focus on God. This is critical. Think on Him and worship Him. You know, what you behold, you'll become. What's, what's coming before your eyes? Put God before your eyes. Focus on Him. And, and He's holy. God's holy. Keep in mind He's holy. He's holy. Holy means totally other than or separate. You know, um, you know when you have to get up early and, and maybe you're tired? This morning it was one of those mornings where I was up a little bit late and there was fireworks. And thank God we didn't have a watch night service at midnight because I just needed the help of God getting out of bed when I did this morning, five-something this morning. When, when the Lord woke me up and he starts speaking to me, regarding the message, and I'm preaching, showing me things. That's what happens. And then it's time to get up and, and begin to put some thoughts down and, and, and pray. And 
and it's time to get up. And I'm going to just tell you to get out of my bed, separating myself from the bed was tough. It was an act of holiness. That's a picture of holiness. That's a picture. Get up and walk away from that. Other. I'm not saying the bed is defiled. I'm not saying that, Pastor Karen. Amen. <laughs> just saying. That's a picture. You push yourself away and turn towards the things of the Lord. It's a, it's a per perfect or a beautiful picture of it, at least for me it is. How you separate yourself unto God. See how big a heart you can get for God in this next, this next 21 days. See how on fire you can get. Put away your social media. So no, I'm influencing people. Are you? Really? <laughs> maybe you're not influencing them as, maybe as much as like, amen, maybe, maybe you're not influencing them the way that you should. It's really helping the kingdom right there. Let me see those lips again. Do it again. Oh, oh, Holy Ghost, please give me a break. You know what I think I've noticed? I think people practice, they practice their smile. I just noticed like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean they, they, put their, like, they put their tongue forward a little bit. And, and the leg and all that. Didn't it I don't know. I don't ever do that. <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> Woo. Let's move on. I have a true fear of God. I have a true fear of God. It's all under returning to the Lord, having a new focus. Having a new focus. Keep in mind he's holy. I have the true fear of God. Revelation chapter 2 Turn there if you like. Verse 5. Repent and do the things you did at first. Listen to this. If you do not repent. This is the New Testament. Okay? If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. Everybody say, I'm going to keep my lampstand. <laughs> That's a fascinating thing. He's telling them, he's telling the church, repent. Because if you don't, I'm going to remove your lampstand. It, that's, that's a picture of Revelation, book of Revelation. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of you think you can just, repentance is a one-time thing. It is not a one-time thing. There is conversion. There is giving your life to God. There is a repentance, being born again. There is that one-time moment. But after that, it's a lifestyle of ongoing repentance. I repented a whole bunch today. Anybody else? And I'm not talking about pornography. I'm long done with that. I'm long done with all, all of that extra stuff. But the God's working on me to have a, a better attitude at times when I get frustrated and I'm late. I'm late. I just, I hate being late. I have a hard time. I, I get in the flesh when I'm late. Anybody else? Especially when it's not my fault. The interesting thing this morning. No, I, I got irritated this morning. I did. I, I, I had to repent. I hurt my wife's feelings. It was my fault. The problem was I was having all kinds of wear wardrobe failure. So I gained 50 pounds. You won't be seeing me wear a suit at least until the end of January. No, seriously. I'm glad for the triple X shirts I have. I thought my shirts shrunk, but they didn't. I've I'm, 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 I just, I just been rejoicing. 
So I'm like, how many, I ripped five pairs of pants in the past three, three or four weeks. I don't know how many you've ripped, but that's a lot. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm starting to get paranoid when I bend over. That's happened five times. I have a stack of jeans, they're gone. And just when I think I'm, I'm, I'm not quite as bloated, I, I'll get another, another pair of pants out, for, you know, and I'm like, well, maybe these are, ah, ah, and I can't wear them because if I do get them buttoned, somebody's going to lose an eye on the front row. <laughs> and so in the, in, the, in the mayhem of getting ready, which I gave myself like five minutes, ten minutes, the iron breaks. The pants are broken. I don't have a shirt. Like, Jesus, help me. And so I just turned and, and, and growled at Pastor Karen. Are you ready? She's like, I've been ready. I said, you better get in the car. She said, you better get in the car. I repented though, right? Amen. Praise God. I repented. All right. I don't want to do that anymore. And you know, the crazy thing is I've said that before. Okay, so we're all laughing at Pastor Daniel. What about you? What about you? What about all y'all? All y'all, all y'all got stuff. You keep doing it. And you're like, oh, well, I'm just saved and born again, spirit filled. Yeah, but you have a rotten attitude and you need to repent for that. Some of you don't treat each other very nicely. I don't want to do that anymore. And some of you, some of you do have a dope smoking problem. Some of you do have a lust problem. Some of you are fornicating. Oh, you ain't laughing now, are you? Those things are long gone for me. Long, long gone. Because I've learned that walking with God, the reward for that is far better than whatever you're feeding your flesh. And I, and I don't want, I'm, I've got tired of hurting God, and I realize, oh man, walking with him far outweighs the pleasures of sin. There's no comparison. There's a, at his right hand, oh my goodness, at his right hand, there's pleasure forevermore. At his right hand, there's pleasure forevermore. And I learned that if I'll push myself away from the things of time and tradition and poor attitude, and I change my focus, and I live a life of repentance before him. He comes like a flood, he comes like fire, and he changes me, and he changes my circumstances. Unless you repent, you'll perish. Take action. Everybody say, take action. It's confession. Confess your sins. That's a good thing to do. What are, what, what are the things that you're struggling with? Confess them. James says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. You may be healed. Prayer and fasting is a, is a time where you do that. Take a look. Not in a, not in a worldly way. Not with worldly sorrow that brings death. But with godly sorrow brings life. Examine your life. Where, maybe, maybe you have an anger problem. I don't know what you're struggling with. It could be opioids and anything in between. 
It, it really doesn't matter. Years ago, I was driving home after a very long day of ministry and I got a phone call from a guy from the church who lived clear on the other side of town. I've already had a 10 hour day or longer, longer. On the way to 12, I'm driving home. I've picked up the milk for Pastor Karen. I'm headed home. I do not want to minister to not one more person. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You guys have issues. You need a break too, right? So I just need a break sometimes. I was done. Time to go home. Eat some of Pastor Karen's vittles. And just let go of the day. My phone rings and this person starts talking to me. Doesn't say but three or four sentences. We're just chit-chatting as I'm driving home. And the Lord says, go to his house now. And I thought, um, how about you go? <laughs> so I keep driving. I don't listen. I didn't say that. But I, that's why I felt like, no, I know you don't really mean that. Let me help him on the phone. And I said, well, how are you doing? Oh, no, I'm good. And the Lord's like, turn around, go now. And it wouldn't go away to the point where, like, I pull the car over, kind of thing. And I'm praying. Nothing works. And it's like, go now. I turn around. I end up going to his house. I didn't know where he lived. I said, uh, remind me of where you live again. Oh, I'm by so-and-so, so I headed that way. We talked a little bit. I got a little closer. Whereabouts do you live? Oh, you know, right there. Oh, what street is that again? I turned on his street. I get to his house. I basically knock on the door. I said, I'm here. He says, oh my God. I knock, the door opens, and he's holding a, a revolver in his hand. He's been ready to shoot himself. He's one of our leaders in our church in the islands right now. So you don't know what's going on in the lives of people. And for us, as we seek him, as we, as we pray, as we, as, we, uh, as we confess, as we, secondly, be reconciled to people, God will do supernatural areas of reconciliation. This beloved brother was bound by a wicked sin. He couldn't take it anymore, and that's why he was going to take his life. The fast was just ahead for us all those years ago, I said, dude, if you'll pray and, fa pray and fast, God will change it. He'll heal you and set you free from that thing. So he did it. He did a hardcore 21-day fast. I'll never forget it. At the end of 21-day fast, same thing we'll do here. January 22nd, Sunday night, we will have a blowout healing deliverance service. It's going to be in our new building. I said it's going to be in our new building. We will have a healing blowout deliverance service. We will celebrate in our new building on January 22nd in the PM service. Can somebody say amen? amen? So it was a service like that, and I was with him. Dr. Morocco's preached, started laying hands on people, and I looked back at him, and he's like, this is it. He says to me, I run back there. Dr. Morocco comes. Dr. Morocco lays hands on him. I lay hands on him. The power of God hit the guy. He crumbled and hit the ground. Last... Uh, Last week, a number of weeks ago, his wife, I saw his wife and she said, hey, do you remember when you helped my husband? I said, I do. She said, do you know something? He's never gone back. He's never been the same. And I just wanted to say thank you. I thought, oh, praise God. Who knows? Who knows? It may be this prayer and fasting time. Who knows? It may be this time could be the time that some amazing breakthrough happens. Be reconciled. How many of you need reconciled? I need some reconciliation. I've been praying for it every prayer and fasting ever since I got saved. Two daughters. Praying for that. How many of you need to be reconciled with somebody?
Reconciled with God, reconciled with others, reconciled with your spouse. See, change your behavior. Change your behavior. All right, corporately seeking the Lord. Verse 15 talks about that. Corporately seeking the Lord is individual prayer and corporate prayer. It's a big difference between individual prayer and corporate prayer. Most people pray, but not very long. Most people don't have corporate prayer. Most pastors don't have corporate prayer. I'm just going to call you out right now. I have a lot of pastors that watch this program and listen to this service all around the world. They listen. I'm telling you, start a morning prayer. I've told you over and over. You wonder why there's all these difficulties and can't get through. Start a morning prayer and don't give it to your associate. You lead it, Junior. You lead it. Oh, we have prayer. Yes, this is our intercessory team. Yeah, Pastor, you're supposed to be the head intercessory team. You can't delegate corporate prayer as a lead person. Dr. Morocco's at every single one. I endeavor to do that. There's times where I sleep in. Monday, I'm generally not here. We'll see what happens tomorrow morning. <laughs> corporate prayer, you have to lead that. You got to be in it. Do you have a corporate prayer time? It's like trading in a painter's hammer for a framing hammer. Any construction people here? Painter's hammer is a little sissy, cute little sissy hammer. It's for tapping on lids. It's got a, it's about this big with a little cute little handle and you can tap a paint lid on. A framing hammer is for knocking nails in. Corporate prayer is like using a jackhammer. And you say, well, I don't know about that. I know, that's because you're not a part of corporate prayer. Get in corporate prayer. It will change your life. It will change your life. It will. All right. What is true prayer? True, what is true prayer and fasting? Bring it brings outpourings. And there's so much here. But I'm, 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 I feel my my turkey popper's gone off. I feel like we're done here tonight. Outpourings from God. Provision. Scriptures right there. Deliverance. Provision, deliverance. I'll drive away the northern army, verse 20. Fruitfulness, verse 22. Don't be afraid of the wild animals. The trees will bear forth their fruit. Fruitfulness. Everybody say fruitfulness. Restoration, verse 25 and 26. I'll repay you for all the years the locusts have taken. That's a life scripture for me. I've lived it. I'm living it. And secondly, revival, verse 28. And this is the text. Come on, turn to Joel 2, 28. The final verse. Joel 2, 28. Turn there. This is the text that was used in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. (laughs) On the day of Pentecost, Peter comes out and he quotes this scripture. And it says this, and afterward. Everybody say, and afterward. Okay, so just come on, think about that. After what? Verse 28, Joel 2, verse 28, and afterward. After what? Okay, what are all the verses we've been studying? What's all the verses we've been studying? After what? After prayer and fasting. After a rending of your heart. After a changing of your focus. After repentance. Afterwards. It will come to pass. Afterwards. It shall come to pass. Everybody say afterwards. 
in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, those disciples were there. And I promise you, they weren't playing tiddlywinks or Lincoln Logs. And they certainly didn't have Snapchat. And they weren't working a new B-reel. What they were doing was they were praying and fasting and believing, oh God, pour out your spirit. Lord, we're in trouble. They want to crucify us too. Oh God, send the promise. Send the promise. Send the promise. Lord, what will we do if your fire doesn't come? What will we do if you don't anoint us? How, does, how do you take a cursing fisherman and turn him into a preacher where thousands of people, you know how? He repented and the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit come came and he came out preaching praying and prophesying 3,000 people got saved I'm gonna tell you we're headed for one of the greatest revivals there and I will say this the greatest revival of the Northland is yet to come and God is looking for a people who will fast and pray I think he's found some right here I know he's found that in me I'm going to bring my heart before the burning bush and it will come to pass afterward I love the fact that our first service will be Sunday night, the 22nd, on the final night of the fast. Because I believe something's going to happen that night. That will be our first service. I'm telling you. Now you pray. Believe God. Prayer and fasting equals outpouring. Take these cards with me, please. Take a look at this. I want to encourage you to go ahead and fill this out. It's nice 24 font, 24 point font. Don't need glasses for that. Name, phone, email. Why? Because we want to encourage you. We're going to email you. You want to get an agreement. Well, I'm going to put together a letter of the different things we're believing God for. It'll be, it'll be combined with uh, the needs that are worldwide vision the 12 120 and it'll be combined with our needs here and we're going to pray for these things and so if you put your email your phone number on there and then let us know what kind of a fast you're doing now the reason now we're not publishing this and putting it on facebook and calling you and do the send the fasting police did you eat a salad you said you were doing a liquid i see i saw you in the store and i saw groceries in there and you said, I have it right here. I have a, a scan of your commitment card. And we're wondering, is that meat in your, is that meat? Is that meat? Is that a piece of chicken in your teeth right there? Nobody's doing that. You, it just helps us in our commitment. I'm going to fill it out. You do that. Would you do it right now? I hope you got something from God. We're headed towards the great outpouring. Can you say amen? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.